starting recording. Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the palatial studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of California for a very special episode of Not Quite After Midnight. Joining me from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my guest for this evening, Richard Blank of the Costa Rica Call Center. How are you doing, Richard? I'm doing great, Bill. So happy to be here with you right before midnight with you and your audience. <laughs> well, not quite, uh, but, uh, but close enough for government work. <laughs> Uh, we're trying a new uh, a new thing uh, because I can't get the usual thing to work. So uh, hopefully this works right, and I can still get it all uploaded, and uh, and we can have uh, have an actual episode. So tell us, Richard, what is it exactly you do? Well, I'm a CEO of a bilingual nearshore call center located here in Central America and Costa Rica. Our agents work with sales, customer support, lead generation, appointment setting, but we also have a gamification culture. So I make sure they play a lot of pinball and Pac-Man with their boss. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! Yeah, I saw in your uh, in your uh, in your bit in your uh, I don't even know what to call it in your uh, preview thing uh, that you have the largest collection of pinball American pinball machines in Central America. How'd One you... man's trash is another man's treasure, Bill. That's, that's the truth, isn't it, though? But, uh, um, but yeah. They've been put you... away for decades, and you'll yeah. see them on Craigslist or just through people that you know that work at the arcades or electricians or collectors. And when something comes up, it's first come, first serve. So I could be out there within a couple hours and a couple hundred hours in my pocket. Next thing you know, I'm driving back with a 1961 or Cola Regis or a you know, last action hero pinball machine. And nice. it's very easy to restore them, Bill. You get some parts in the United States and with some professional electricians and people that have worked in game rooms, it's capable of restoring the machines. And um, it really is a wonderful pastime. And I appreciate the the artwork and the marquees and the play field and the craftsmanship. And it gives my agents a chance to let off steam and make some friends and hang out with me. So I've really tried to create a nice neutral environment at my office. Cool. Yeah, I can. Uh, as a my uh, my day job is as a leadership development coach, and uh, so I can certainly appreciate wanting to have a positive uh, culture, and uh, um, and uh, having it so that people are relaxed and uh, and into uh, into their work. You know, definitely. Yeah, having that uh, relaxed environment uh, definitely uh, helps people to uh, to work better. Um, Reduce that, improve that workplace satisfaction, and and uh, and reduce the stress and uh, and whatnot of work. Um, how'd you get into uh, running a call center? What uh, what brought what was the journey that brought you there? Well, it actually goes back to my time growing up in Northeast Philadelphia. When I graduated the proud Abington High School back in '91, I chose to double down on my favorite class, which was Spanish. I didn't go to medical school. I wasn't in law school, didn't study architecture or engineering. It's pretty gutsy to do it. It was almost like a romantic where people really didn't understand where I was going, but saw my enthusiasm. And so dreamers walk alone. I doubled down and was a Spanish communication major at the University of Arizona. I realized if you spoke a second language, you could be versatile. And 
if I was able to do public speaking and learn how to write rhetoric, I might be able to get a job, be able to pay for a living. <laughs> Little did I know when I was 27 years old, I was given a one in a million opportunity to come down and work at my very good friend's call center for two months and just teach English. And when I was with the proletariat, oh, I didn't come in sea level. I saw the business from the inside and out. And also, these were amazing artists of speech, bilingual, mind you, which to me bears the mark of higher education. And they were expanding, they were engaged, showing active listening, converting the calls, and doing quite well, and seeing such fulfillment in this. Now, I also understood that empathy goes a long way. In this industry, in call centers and telemarketing, some people lose their dignity. They feel like a number and expendable. If you're good at it, you can make a very good living and thrive like myself. So I, I understood that when I had the impulse control, maturity, and some capital, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and I'm going to try this. And I was going to do it the old school way, Bill. I was going to know somebody's name, break bread with you, invest in your self-reliance and self-confidence. And by doing so, I've been able to celebrate almost my 15th year in business. And I built a 300-seat capacity call center. People have been with me over a decade, and I'm a guest in this country. So my good friend, it's very humbling to see the sort of positive reinforcement I got in a very competitive industry where Amazon is here and Sykes and the big boys. But I did it my way, and I was able to delegate and promote from within as well. So giving myself a strong foundation of people that have been with me a very long time that will help me scale and build new accounts. Great. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, especially with, uh, with the dual culture um, aspect of, uh, of things, because I, I know a lot of people when they uh, when they try to interact with a with a culture other than their own do uh, kind of like a, a third. Uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, Oh, anyway, um, where they try to interact with a with another culture that's not uh, that's not the one they grew up in. There can be problems because they try to they try to be what used to be called the ugly American. You know, it's like everybody's going to be like me. I'm going to speak louder because that's how you're going to understand my English and just you know uh, do. Uh, um, do things uh, do things my way or the highway, um, but then of course now you've got a call center full of people who are interacting with another culture on a daily basis. Um, I'm sure uh, I'm sure most of the calls you get are from the United States, and uh, um, and all. How do you uh, do? You have a, a system of uh, of cultural training that you uh, that you do or. Uh, um, or how do you uh, how do you overcome those difficulties? That's why you have such a great podcast, Bill. That's an excellent question. You <laughs> asked five in that ex in that explanation <laughs> there. So let me slice it and dice it for you. You gave me a full course meal here. Okay. First, myself by becoming bilingual shows the mark of higher education structure and discipline. Their side and my side as well. So it's an excellent first impression. If you want to look at it from a third variable, that's one thing we have in common. I don't have a home court advantage here. I got to follow the labor laws and the laws of the country. And I am a guest here. Besides speaking Spanish, I have to keep an open mind. Things that were working back in Philadelphia 
or in Arizona may not work here. And I am in the minority. So somebody, the agent, myself, needs to keep an open mind, respect the tradition, the cultures, the dialect, try your best to integrate yourself and do it. Doesn't mean you need to change your entire life, but you were talking about problems. The only problems I have here is patience because you are waiting in line sometimes or the traffic or infrastructure on the roads could be better. I might hit a pothole or two, but the rest of it is a beautiful flow of a very proud culture that really enjoys life. And so it's, those are the sort of differences that I learned here that I've incorporated in my life that has made things a lot less stressful. Now let's talk about the agents making the phone calls. They're coming to me with or without experience. If they're with experience, I hope they're not a cancer jumper or have bad habits. <laughs> if they're brand new, they still have the minds and the cognitive skills. They just need to learn a CRM and a phone system. But I could mold them, Bill. They could be a squire to a knight. I can encourage them to study the thesaurus so they can expand their vocabulary, become a lot more diplomatic and strategic. Avoid rabbit holes by using words like help. Things like assist, guide, and lend a hand can go a lot further. I believe in doing positive escalations if you're speaking to a gatekeeper or someone has assisted you prior to a transferred call or a conversion. Do it verbally, do it in writing. I like rebuttals, I like clarification questions. I like to ask somebody for my edification compared to, excuse me, what was that? These are small swords we can fall upon that will enable the conversation to move forward for us to show active listening, clarifying and repeating. What about the military alphabet? That should be used as well. Giving certain lists and raking answers and asking you, Bill, I'm sure you like at least one. Then you take it from horizontal to vertical and I teach them to ask very strategic, open-ended questions so you start talking. And we're just more of the rudder of your ship. And I teach these young men and women very advanced skills on the phone. I, we don't lie because it's a very strict Catholic country. We're very selective of the campaigns that come in here and the agents just wouldn't choose it. But I do make them more glib and clever on the phone, a lot more lucid. And so if they're earning a lot more money because more business is coming in and they're earning bonuses, then by all means, it's like the karate kid. They will practice on their own. They don't need me around. They might watch, read, and write in English outside of the office bill, which is dedicated practice. So then they come back to me even stronger. And so that is what I get out of this because I'm feeding these families. I'm giving job stability and dignity to these individuals. And so leaders eat last. I mean, strangers are friends you haven't met yet and success is built on a million thank yous. I've done very well for myself, but I've gotten the most satisfaction out of seeing these individuals grow and become a lot more marketable. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Um, great answers to uh, to a bunch of questions. Yeah, I got you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me about the uh, the companies you work with. Um, what kinds of uh, what kinds of companies do you uh, do you service as, you, as the call center for? All across the spectrum, and I will answer this question in the United States, Canada, Central America, and some of Europe. It's very important for me to fulfill the need of the client 
because they might ask for language capacity we don't do, maybe a graveyard shift, a certain price they can get offshore, which would lose any sort of leverage we have when hiring the best here. Sure. So any sort of spectrum. I mean, half of our call center does outbound, the other half does inbound. Current campaigns, we work with movies and music, inbound support, work with law firms and transportation companies, travel companies, education, universities. And so these campaigns are from very, very nice companies and long term. And I always look at it like this. If they give me all of the resources and from a level playing field, if I'm able to do better than corporate, I earn those seats. Besides a cost saving, there are these certain skill sets and company cultures through certain metrics where we can match and exceed. And so I like to see what we're capable of doing. My clients love working with me because I'm a yes man because I want you to win, but I'll also be forthright with you and make suggestions in regards to a script, rebuttals, a list, maybe an agent if he's not in the right seat or frame of mind. And so it's really a large investment in a process because it's so labor heavy that everything needs to be perfect and stars for a line for the agent to be motivated to make the calls and the client to be giving us the qualified resources to do the job for them. And so there's just that sort of sweet spot there that we're able to work with multiple companies. Great. Yeah, that's uh, that flexibility. Uh, that sounds uh, pretty incredible. That's uh... That's uh, that's the ability to to do a lot of acrobatics uh, to, <laughs> to be able to change from uh, from a law office to a uh, to a university, and uh, uh, but it's quite it's simple. There is templates to it and quality mm -hmm. control departments, and we've seen tens of thousands of phone calls. So sure. just their plug and play, or just seeing your script, or asking what the average talk time is. Is there a wrap up time? Do you leave voicemails? Is there an email template? I mean, what's going on here? So I just want to make sure how much time needs to be invested in a lead. You might even need to do some skip tracing and some due diligence for updated third party information, which may assist you in regards to the CRM. So these are the sort of things I suggest, because if you think you're making 12 calls an hour, contact ratio, it might be 10 because someone might be speaking longer, leaving a better voicemail, doing a positive escalation to a gatekeeper, or just gathering information that will pack a punch when you make a custom make email to them, which will separate you from other people that are just saying, dear sir, it's not sir, it's Bill, <laughs> you know, at least start there. So those are the sort of things that might just get you into a second pile just by saying your name. And so those are the Absolutely. sort of things that we do. We'll find the anniversary. Bill, I'll see your promotion. I'll talk about the other podcasts you do with your amazing church and your community, which you'll say, wait a second, I'm definitely getting on the phone with him. It's his to lose, five minutes guaranteed, because obviously he took the time. Right. That's what we do differently, my friend, from other companies. Okay, okay. No, that's uh, that's incredible. Um, yeah, the the simple fixes that uh, that you think everybody would come up with first and uh, and just haven't been done yet. Um, you know, it's just uh, just amazing how uh, how easy it really is when you really dive in and think about what you're doing and uh, why why everyone doesn't do it is uh, is amazing. I, I guess uh, I guess you could say some of it's just uh, 
I don't know, taking the taking the quick way, the quick and easy, and uh, and they, they uh, don't go the fifteen rounds like Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to make phone calls, you're going to get hung up on for a living. I mean, oh, it yeah. happens. If you own a restaurant, <laughs> someone might even stiff you and dine and dash. So yeah. no one bats a thousand. Yeah. But if you choose an industry that's extremely lucrative, or mm-hmm. once again, you raise your hand when no one else does and volunteer for the tough job. What's the tough job? I'm just calling Bill. Yeah. And maybe just for a couple minutes, we talk about life before I start selling him for time or information or commitment. And maybe prior to speaking with Bill, I get transferred around his company because no one knows what to do with me. And when I finally get you on the phone, I mentioned Billy in the break room and Catherine in IT. And you're like, how'd you speak to them? <laughs> They're the greatest people. And then you, you wonder why there's momentum. And someone smiles for a second and you don't feel pressure to try to angle in on Bill to try to get his email address or or callback number. No, it's a woo-way, my friend. There's no resistance for these calls. If it's not meant to be, let it go. But if you have a chance at it, you're supposed to sway with the wind a little bit. And if it's not just being on the phone, Bill. You're talking about social skills that can save a Thanksgiving dinner or potentially a marriage or when your best friend or you might be having a moment, it might be better off to take a breather, write a draft and not send it. So maybe the following day you realize that your tone was not appropriate. You might have overextended yourself or didn't say something enough. And so you have to be respectful of time. There might not always be a sense of urgency. You might be given the chance to calm down. My friend, this is how we were raised. You're supposed to go to your neighbor's house and apologize if you did something wrong growing up. And so um, you should be doing the same now. And these are the simple things that you and I are discussing today that I believe at work, just in your life, will make things 10 times better. And then you'll have more hair, right? Oh, I used to stress too much. <laughs> no, yep, I don't yep. anymore. Yep, no kidding. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I've got the well. You can see the glare from the uh, from the light in the office. Uh. <laughs> the glow. Yeah, yeah, the glow. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of, I, I've been in sales uh, quite a bit of uh, of my professional life uh, as well, and so uh, you know, I've said before that uh, I uh, I hear people say no for a living. Um, you know, but, uh, um, used to, uh, as I, uh, I mentioned, uh, to you before, to, la- to you last night, um, I used to do a radio show out of the Angels baseball, uh, stadium. And, uh, nice. uh, and so a lot of baseball metaphors snuck into, uh, into, uh, into stuff I do, but, uh, I've trained salespeople and, basically told them that, you know, hey, if you only get one out of four yet, if only one out of four answers is a yes, that's a 250. That's enough to get you into the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, and uh, and all. And, and it's certainly enough to get you into the Sales Hall of Fame because uh, um, certainly, uh, you know, it's like getting uh, one out of one out of 10 uh, as a yes is, uh, is certainly something to uh, to celebrate. But a lot of people have trouble getting over that no or go away leave me alone the negative uh, responses what do you uh, what do you do in training uh, especially new uh, new people um, 
who don't have the experience and the thick skin to be able to take the negative comments. What do you do to uh, to help them uh, to help them keep their positive attitude and and uh, and move forward? I got the best answer for you, and I could solve it with just two words: <laughs> romantic death. Okay. Yeah, I said it. Romantic death. Someone says, "I'm not interested." Thank you, Bill. Have a nice day. Click. I did it. I did it. I died well. Thank you, Bill. Really nice conversation. I'm not interested, Richard. I know you're not interested, Bill. But once again, thank you so much. Not quite after me. I understand working with you. Not interested, Richard. You just said his name three times. Bill, once again, I won't call back, but I do appreciate your time. I, I believe if you can do name drops, if you can thank them for your time, we call that jumping clouds. So if he's batting, you know, one out of four, at least the three others, poor Lomanos, at least he did a perfect swing. It's almost like you could do everything. You could play a perfect hand of blackjack and still lose to the odds. And so in my opinion, that you should be in your own self finding in the first 30 seconds the company name spike so you say the company better than they do when they answer at least getting the gatekeeper or the decision maker's name and making sure you say their name they ask your name you do a buffer boomerang technique because you're going to be negative you said you're not interested that i'm going to say bill captured your name right i buffered it you know i understand where you're coming from that's an excellent question so glad you brought that up once again, the reason I'm calling today is, and you send it back positive. This is a technique that you do. You can bring this back. You buffer your negative tone, name drop it, let you know it's a great question, repeat the question for active listening, and send it back as a plus two. Yeah. Even if it's for 30 seconds, if you do two buffer boomerangs, a company name spike, and two name drops, you don't think that's a positive romantic death? I think that's freaking incredible. I think you got the most out of that 30 second sip where you only get half that time anyway, because the other half is for the gatekeeper with a little bit of silence. So in 15 seconds, you shoved in there one of the greatest strudels you could ever eat. And so if you can do that, because you're saying it's 25%, you make 100 calls a day, 75 of them are decks. Right. What kind of death do you want? You want a weak death in the corner where you're trying to scratch like a kitty? Or you want to go in like the berserker where you strip down to nothing in the middle of winter, running at people ready to go? It's not being a joker or acting the fool. What you are doing is really putting that, you say you fear the negative, well then drink it. Because if it doesn't hurt like a tattoo, some people like to cut themselves. Boxers and athletes like the pain of the bush. So if you embrace this romantic death, knowing that you didn't take it like a coward, but you spiked, you buffer boomerang, you dropped and you jumped the cloud, don't tell me that when you get that 25 ready, you're swinging for high rafters there. I mean, you are buffing and ready to go. That's like warm. I mean, it's like Mr. T getting punched in the A-team. It's kind of fun. You know, it didn't knock him out. Only made him more mad. <laughs> and so all that's going to do is just build up that time. So when you get the one, you pop and you feel good. And don't kid yourself, Bill. Out of your 75, I'm going to drop mine down to 60%. I'm taking another 15 because you know perfectly well, I'm going to calm you down for a minute. I'm going to buy 30 seconds, not the first 30. That goes over there, but no, 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 no. By saying your name again, by repeating something, 
or complimenting gatekeeper, I don't know. You'll give me another 30 and I'm gonna anchor you, which means I'm gonna get a grip to get a second grip and pull myself off. You're never getting 10. No one gets 10. That's why these goes rounds in boxing. So if your people take this by 30 second to two minute increments, and if they can win that round and bridge and anchor for the next 30 seconds, don't be surprised if we're not on the phone for six minutes and I'm sending you an email to follow up with you next Tuesday because you need to bring your partner in for the call. That's how you build a real pipeline. And then you said 60%? Come on, man, let me work on your project for at least three months. I'm going to drop it to about 40%. (laughs) <laughs> you got to let me work with your script and make these calls. I'll crack your code. I won't give yeah. you 100%, but I will definitely reduce it, if not by half, after studying what everybody is doing here and testing it. Does that make any sort of sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did I answer your question? Oh, yeah. By, okay, cool. by far. <laughs> that's yeah, a little bit of the uh, taste of the training I do, the focus uh, I give the agents, the caliber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people just have to remember that it's the same thing, uh, like you said, uh, you know, with the with the weightlifting and the exercise that, uh, you know, it's the the no pain, no gain. Those negative calls, those no's, uh, whatever, uh, whatever it is you run up against, those are the weight on your uh, on your barbell. And uh, and without them, you'll just get weaker. I mean, anybody can sell to the um, to that two uh, percent uh, who will uh, they'll they'll buy from the rock out in their front yard, but uh, you know <laughs> you have to really it's the ones you have to work at that uh, that uh, that'll make you stronger. No, my friend, fortune fortune favors the brave. Yes, it does. That's all I can say. And, and we're not doing anything that's ethically wrong. It's just something no. for your own ego. Right. But if you can handle percentages. Yeah you'll be exceptionally successful. Yeah, I mean, you just have to remember the people you're talking to are people who at some point showed an interest in whatever it is you're uh, trying to talk to them about. And, uh, you know, of course it's, uh, of course it's ethical, um, you know, because you're giving them what they want or trying to anyway. And uh, just because uh, I had a, I had a partner who uh, used to say, uh, just because your goat fell in the pool doesn't mean you have to make everybody else miserable. <laughs> <laughs> there was no particular reason for it. He just liked the uh, the image of a goat falling in a pool. Um, I think he's meant that. Did anyone bring the goat out? <laughs> Who jumped in to save the goat? But um, people, and I understand, any job can burn you out. Even if you you know you sell seashores on you know seashells on the seashore. I mean, just yeah. living at the beach. But this industry can be a grind and a bad phone call, a bad moment and F you on the, on the phone yeah. could literally break someone. I've seen it spiral out of control. Sure. My main thing is, and you mentioned this earlier and I, and I was going to jump in on that, but I'll bring it up now, is, is, is being in the now, really in the moment compared to thinking ahead of the past. And if somebody can be in that moment on a phone call, they have their essence. These people are alive. They're raw. They can be spontaneous. They can hear a dog in the background, use a Me Too technique, anchor again, and ask questions about the dog. Like I was asking questions last night uh, about yourself because I was interested. And so those are the sort of things where you put the pitch away. You talk about other things. And if they do that, every single phone call will be like a unique painting for them. 
Why is that important? Because you're not going to lose the stimulation the moment that it becomes a grind. You'll get your numbers, you'll get your commission, you'll get whatever the hell you want. But if you're really looking to grow in this and actually connect with somebody to get a referral out of it, possible upsell, a retention, so they don't leave you, it's not a one and a done because you were slick that Thursday, then I think you're doing proper business. And what happens is people will start writing about you and sending you people. And that's the sort of positive reinforcement you should be, it's, it's the long game. Yeah. It's the relationship building that people should be thinking about, not just to worry about when they're getting out of work that day. The clock watching. <laughs> That's their yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, it reminded me of so many, uh, so many different stories. Um, uh, I was at a, it was an office supply store. I don't remember which one right off, but uh, um I had to go in to return something, and uh, and I was standing in line behind this guy whose whose coat had obviously fallen in the pool, and uh, he was he was letting into this poor girl at the uh, at the returns counter like it was all her fault, and uh, and that she'd done it with malice aforethought, and uh, and she did everything she could, got his situation uh, resolved, and he stormed out, still angry at the world. And uh, and I went up there expecting expecting it to have affected her, but it didn't. She started over with me as though that guy had never existed, and uh, it was a and, and she was positive and helpful, and uh, and it was just a, a, an absolutely perfect example of how you should handle it when somebody's angry at the world and they take it out on you whether it's in person or over the phone and uh, um, and it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to train for but because uh, um, sometimes sometimes you you take it personally but uh, um, but it's not a personal thing it's just it just that you happen to be the person there and uh, um, to me training, people yeah. people lose their innocence then. Mm -hmm. They see the ugly side of humanity. Yeah. There are people coming fresh out of college, you know, spring in their step. Next thing you know, they got their first or second job. Mr. Jones is cursing at you. And so um, I let them know that what they did by learning a second language is 10 times harder mm -hmm. than any project I'll be putting them on. And you can't compare a bad word with learning a second language, but there are certain conjugations of verbs and pressures that you have. And if they could handle that pressure and overcome it, they can easily handle someone being discourteous. And they should realize that. And then as you were mentioning earlier about different types of cultures, I'm reminding them that they're calling someone in their home or at their business. It's the day they got the puppy or the day the puppy ran away. And Bill, you're the nicest guy that everybody knows, but I'm sure if you stubbed your toe and I called you two seconds later, you might answer the phone yelling or tell me you don't want to talk to me at this moment or something. <laughs> so um, someone has to know you to really understand your moments. And that's why I've been capable of snapping people out of that trance. That's why I mentioned a company named Spike which gets the gatekeeper out of their trance, at least for a couple of seconds, because I didn't say my name or try to talk to you. I right. said what you said better than you. 
<laughs> so at least I, I'm showing like uh, like a mystery shopper where I know where I'm at. Hey, Costa Rica's call center, I've been here before. And then when I get transferred to the decision maker, I do that positive escalation. It's anonymity before I introduce myself. I'm allowed to use my first impression anonymously because I'm not saying Richard Blank. I'm saying your assistant's amazing. <laughs> Why don't you use that first? And those are the sort of things that buy, buy me mileage and open up time frames for me. So it's not tight, not interested, we're good. How the hell did you get through on this call? Oh, thank you very much. She's been with me for a while. Oh, you sound like a nice guy. These are things that just value time. I can reduce this for people so that cursing could be the one in a thousand times. And if it does, they almost stand up and ring a bell, go, I finally got the curse. <laughs> you know, it's like, because it, 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 it took so long, you know, they didn't get their stripes. And um, people tease on that too. Yeah. And we just mentioned earlier about making the monster nice, the hang up monster, now the cursing monster. What's the difference? Embrace it. You didn't do it, somebody right. else did it. And if you got it, yeah. ring the bell. Yeah, it's the cursing yeah. monster, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, so many, uh, so many telemarketers are, are, you know, it's like go straight for the throat of, of. Okay, I got you on the phone. I'm gonna sell. Here's my pitch. Gonna sell yeah. it to you right away, and uh, and all. Um, shoot, not just on the phone. Uh, LinkedIn is horrible for this, mm -hmm. and uh, you know where it's like, hey, we're connected. Buy this, you know, and it's like it, it's. But That's I can, kind of, yeah. Well, I can kind of understand. One, they're not trained properly. But two, their quota, their call quotas are so ridiculously high. You know, it's like, hey, you've got to call 200 people in a day, and you've got to sell 150 of them. You know, and all. So I can at least understand where they're coming. I don't like it, but I can at least understand where they're coming from. Um, you know how do you uh, how do you keep people on the ball with uh, with hey let's uh, let's take the moment to do what you're saying to use their names to to mention about how uh, how their assistant is wonderful and all these uh, all these name spikes and and positivity and uh, and all how do you keep them on the ball with that? Well, you said that they need to make. But two, well, you gave me some metrics earlier. That's the questions I'm asking you. You'd be mm -hmm. making 150 calls. How many people would they actually speak to? If you're saying you're speaking to 150 a day, you're probably on a predictive dialer. Great. How many deals are you looking for in a day? Are you mm -hmm. looking for one an hour or 0.25 where you get, you know, maybe two in a day? What are you looking for? So you say, Richard, I need four in a day. Okay, great. So you need one every other hour. So I could pincer move it, speak to, I don't know, you're doing your 30-second, I'm good, thanks, so then you could be speaking to, I don't know, you want to call 100 people just to bullet through this thing and just get 100 quick hang-ups in two hours? Or I can get maybe 30 people on it and roll the dice of going in six minutes to see if I can close this. It, it, it's a different role. It really depends on the vertical. But me, I broke those metrics. I never did my 150. There were certain days where, you know, things just happened. Yeah, I made 150, maybe even 160 because things are dialing. But if I had a normal day of my contact ratio and talk time, I was making about 115. And so they were looking at the numbers and they're like, why is this so different? 35 off. Well, look at my talk time, less calls, more talk time. Did he get four? Richard got six. 
<laughs> yeah. So don't start telling me 154. Everyone needs to calm down. Yeah. Artists can't be commissioned. There are certain things. If you and I are going to do some business, Bill needs another minute or we got to talk about another story. And if I'm clock watching to make sure that I get my 149th call, I'm going to rush Bill. I'm not going to listen. There's not going to be that timing that you mentioned, that name dropping you mentioned, the positive escalations. How's that going to happen? And, and you wonder why there's an attrition rate when this person's out of character because if you really met this telemarketer in a social setting, they're probably quite charming because it does take a certain courage and personality to make these calls and to have gotten the job. Oh, yeah. But I was willing to risk tortoise, not the hare. I was willing to risk really putting my pepperonis nice so I just don't throw it on there. And I was willing to see that if my personality was capable of extending talk times, talk times, that's the key. The longer you're, well, what happens if they're on for 20 minutes? God bless them. <laughs> no one's on for 20 <laughs> minutes. Why would you even bring that up? But if you, everyone's just on the call for 30 seconds to the I'm good minute, but you see Richard hand in five or six rounds, man, I'm going distance. This boy can, can buy some time. Name dropped a few times. He didn't close them today. Bill asked for a call next Tuesday. He also asked for an email template. Gave me three things which completely qualified. He asked for my phone number. I gave it, Bill. And just to test, I said, hey, Bill, would you mind repeating it just to make sure that I said it correctly? Because sometimes people will lie and pretend to write it down. But you wrote it down. And you took my email and you did your meeting minutes on me from the questions that you asked. So I was willing to let the guy know, I can't call, I'm not gonna force Bill's hand. He's not that sort of gentleman. He wants to look at my credentials and see if I call him next week on time. And if I do, I'm gonna land this deal. And so I wasn't being lazy. And I know that you want me to get it on a first call and that does happen. But I myself, including you, Bill, this wasn't a first time podcast thing. It was multiple times of us working together to close this time. Yeah. <laughs> and so people need to understand that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, wow. Um, so what would you say to people who were uh, who were uh, looking at getting into uh, into a telemarketing uh, position here in the states? What uh, what would be the big things? The the three big things you would uh, you would want to tell them? You need to watch Glen Gary, Glen Ross, Boiler Room, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, and I also like the Prime Gig. That was an excellent movie too. Um, oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, with. Um, what was his name with Ed Harris and uh, Vince Vaughn? It was it was a wonderful movie and, um, and and good skills there. I look at it like this, even though you could you could use this art of speech under multiple verticals. And there are certain reputations that centers have that sell stock or other sort of things that may seem gray area or pushy. But if you're planning on doing this, this is a wonderful skill set. Dedicated practice is extremely important. You should be recording yourself, practicing your timings. Remembering the name drops for transitional sentences and when you're asking rebuttals and tie downs. I'll be emphasizing personal pronouns because it's the cousin of the name drop. Every sentence has one, are, your. It's a way to get their attention in again before you land the question. 30 seconds to two minutes, don't do desert pitching. 
because there's no chance to drink what you're saying or have an oasis. Allow yourself positive reinforcements from people, either verbally, the sounds they make, or sometimes one of the greatest tell signs is their answering speed. Their silence, because they could be pondering. So don't jump the gun. You might be asking me a follow-up question, or I might be getting signs from you to explain it in more detail because you do not want me to move forward. You enjoy this one topic. And as more as you're lucid verbally, and if you can do it visually, then as I mentioned, besides what you do in your job, your entire life will be better. You'd be much stronger communicator. But it is something that's not for the faint of heart. I hope that your lead list is good because old lists are not fun. And if something's been beat up, then, then that does make it more of a Sisyphus where you keep pushing that rock up the hill. But if you can do these romantic deaths, if you don't compromise your ethics and do a telemarketing campaign, which you believe would not be something people would be happy about or frown upon, then don't do it. There's thousands of ways to earn a dollar. You have the leverage if you're marketable. And if there's great... Uh, naysayers and great believers that are out there, it's, these are the people that care about you. And they might not have that sort of vigor or courage that you have to embark on this because this industry has a weird reputation. People see it as a transitional job. There's burnout. I survived. I thrived. And I built my own center. I'm just letting you know that you have the ability to grow in this. And I started 20 years ago as an agent in, in, a, in a cubicle, making these calls. But it was fun. Strangers were friends you haven't met. I love name dropping because saying someone's name is cool. They'd always ask me about my accent because I'm from Philadelphia. So I always have that sort of O at the end of my words. I'd say, <laughs> yo, yo, Bill. Yeah, what's up, yo, Bill? And so these are the sort of things to reduce any sort of tension. And I was having fun. I was standing up. I was using my hands as illustrators. I was doing congruence where my audio matched the visual. Even if you couldn't see me, my body was in sync. And people might have laughed or looked at me or something. Who cares? Look at the scoreboard. I'm crushing it. Laughing at what? That I was fully in the moment speaking to Bill where my eyes are closed and I'm picturing hanging out with my buddy and how I'm going to help his business grow. And he's going to fly down to Costa Rica. So we're building a team. We haven't even been talking business the last 10 minutes. We've been talking about life, but we really want to work together. And we really want this to be true. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it, my friend, that I can tell the same story over and over again. It's the easiest story. The moment that you embellish, you need to remember these details and you're going to get caught. And so the people that come to me, they come to me for merit, not price. I can name 10 places in India that I'll do it for half my price. Sure. They want old school, on-site leader that knows your name and loves what he does and sees the art in this speech and can give you and your company this caliber phone call and really represent you in the best light. And that's why I was able to be in this industry for the past 22 years. I, I really still believe that it's better than texting and just emails. There really is an art to verbal communication. Yeah, yeah there really is. Um, well, um, let's see. Uh, what other good questions can I ask? Um, 
What what was the last book you read? Let's go there. Not really read. I do more audio. But if I could okay. recommend a book to people, I'd recommend Harvey Allen's Anthony Adverse. It's written in the 1930s. Okay. It's really cool. And the movie was good too. It's long. It's 1,234 pages. But it's about someone that follows their path and their destiny, a realistic dreamer. And so even though it was based in the 18th century, there was a lot of similarities between myself and this main character, falling in love, going out and conquering the world and and living life. And since it's so long, you really read through this guy's life. And um, I would recommend that to somebody that just wants a very nice long read. Okay. Okay. Sounds, uh, sounds inspirational and, uh, definitely sounds like something I'd probably be more likely to do on audio. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, actually I found a, uh, a, uh, a service, uh, that does, uh, audio summaries. So I really? can, uh, yeah, um, read it, uh, read it for me. And, mm. uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's great. Uh, I haven't really used it much yet because uh, I just got on it. But uh, um, yeah, it's really cool. They do the summaries so that uh, you can decide if you actually want to read the book. And, uh, um, you know, that way you're not wasting time and money uh, going, ah, this book really wouldn't have, uh, wasn't worth my time and uh, and all. But, uh, um, but yeah, so uh, definitely some cool stuff. Well, we've been at this for about 45 minutes now. And uh, um, which is which is a little longer than what I usually do on one to ones, but uh, it's cool. It's been great. It's been uh, it's been great. Um, Definitely helpful. I I think anybody uh, looking at a career in uh, in sales, telemarketing, um, any uh, anything related or similar to that could uh, definitely get a lot out of what we've uh, what we've said. So going to put out put it out there and and. yeah. Um, so uh, before we close out, uh, um, always have two uh, two last things. One is, um, do you have anything else to say to the nice people? Well, I most certainly do. I, I want to personally thank you, Bill, for having me on your show. My pleasure. I really enjoy your work. It inspired me enough to reach out to you. Your audience has to know that your calendar is packed months out to get on your show. You are one of the most popular guys going around on the internet, but you're also one of the nicest guys. You are very relatable and you're very authentic. And I always believe that the market speaks. And the more that you continue to grow and your fan base grows, it's just more of a very good realistic pat on your back that you're doing the right thing. And it's very selfless. I mean, really, you're here just to share good ideas and put win in each other's sales. So that's number one. And uh, I also have a very large Facebook fan page. We have 101,000 local Costa Rican Ticos. And nice. when this goes live, Bill, I'm going to put it on there and you're going to have thousands of new fans. And Sweet. for your audience, if they're interested, this will give you the pulse of the business process outsourcing industry in Central America. Just, just real quick, we are north of Panama, south of Nicaragua, the only democratic society in Central America. There's no standing army, so they put all of that money back into education. 95% literacy rate. We have the best infrastructure, the most neutral out of all English accents. And companies such as HP, Intel, Amazon, and Oracle are here. And 
Medical tourism is big, but especially ecotourism. If you're into surfing, waterfalls, bungee jumping, zip lines, monkeys, you know, butterflies and iguanas, <laughs> this is definitely the place to be. So buy a first class plane ticket, come fly down there and come visit me. And I got a thousand and one amazing suggestions for you. Will do. And then the final question, consider a hot dog in a bun. Is it a sandwich? No, it's a hot dog. <laughs> hot dog's its own individual uh, <laughs> category itself. Okay. Okay, I think uh, I think the no's are pull finally pulling ahead of the yeses on uh, on that question. I ask all of my uh, all of my guests that at the end of each show, and. Uh, um, and uh, jokingly, uh, I think I've broken up a couple of bands over it because they've had uh, disagreements within the band as whether or not it's a sandwich. But uh... <laughs> a lot of it has to do with the bun. I always believe sandwiches are open on both sides and spread. There's a certain aesthetics to yes. me that represents a sandwich. Almost growing up, you expect to see the lettuce, the tomato, the onion, the sauce and the cheese everywhere it needs to be. That's why you can't really think about it like this. Let's all calm down for a second. A lot of the condiments that you put on any sort of sandwich across the board, mm -hmm. you really can't put on a hot dog and vice versa. I don't see a lot of sandwiches having relish on it. And look how they diced a certain onions and you got mustard and ketchup and mayo combos, chili for an example. I mean, there's, uh, there's some, uh, you can put sauerkraut on it. So you really have to think about it. The hot dog with its specific taste of meat, because a lot of sandwiches could be turkey, could be the hams. I mean, you, as I say before, close your eyes, bite. You've got to describe what's in that sandwich. You take a bite of a hot dog, you know it's a hot dog. So that's what I'm saying. This hot dog, even just by the image itself, hot dog, you show something. What type of sandwich is that if it's so generic? So as I say before, like the Xerox machine or the Coca-Cola logo, I think the image of a hot dog alone is universal and everybody knows its name and realizes it's in its own category. Okay. I think that's, uh, I think that's a good position. Yeah, I gotta stand up for the hot dog. What's going on here? <laughs> and of course, uh, you talk. You mentioned about uh, about your accent and uh, and all. And I love the way you say hot dog. <laughs> it is a dog. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it the other way. Dog. <laughs> I can't dog. even do it. I can't even do it. Pull my tongue out now. But uh, yeah, I really, as much as I try, and I try to be as neutral as possible in certain meetings. I mean, there are certain words that just fly out, and that's when they stop me. Where are you from? <laughs> you know, I get busted. <laughs> and then I start getting comfortable, and the Philly really comes out. <laughs> what yeah, are you do? Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, uh, thank you so much, Richard, for being on the show. And uh, um, I hope you've had as much fun as I have. And uh, that's, uh, that's about it. I have to eat two dinners to get my energy back. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Okay, great. Well, normally I'd be running the end credits, but since we're doing this on a new system, I don't have them ready. So, All right. um, so I'd like to thank, uh, thank everybody who's watched or listened um, for your time. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank uh, my producer, my beloved mother. Um, I, of course, am your humble host. Um, 
let's see. Um, oh, uh, don't forget to watch YWL online. Uh, normally, uh, new episodes go up on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Um, new episodes of uh, Not Quite After Midnight uh, normally go up on Thursday evenings. Um, but we'll have announcements if we have very special episodes like this one. Um, let's see. Um, oh, head over to Patreon and support the show if you feel so led. We're there at Bald Spots Pro. Um, let's see. I let's see. Next week's episode will be with Rob Enko and Karen Ford. Um, so that's going to be uh, an interesting uh, episode. And I think that's about it. And of course, thank you, Richard Blank, for being on the episode, my special guest on a very special episode. <laughs> so uh, thanks and good night.